Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. If you need him, it's trouble. Why so, is it trouble? So two is because he's young and he's going to struggle at times. Judd Zolgad. I changed my thought from a half hour ago. You are a bad person. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's waste no time here, Judd. We got our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson in from 5 Eyewitness News. He also has his own podcast. It's called The Scoop. Big time interviews, inside information, reckless speculation, which we love. Let's start with... Um, well, hello. Happy Friday, Doogie. Yeah, TGIF. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, we just we were talking about Joe Maurer and kind of a setback yesterday, and the Twins are buried in the standings, and there's a lot to be done here. They've got a lot of expiring contracts, and they're they're in transition mode now in the way that we figured they might be last year. It's a sort of flip-flop. So how do you – just a general question about the Twins landscape here with Dozier in his 30s and Maurer at the end of a contract – They've got guys knocking on the door like Nick Gordon. They've got uh, Jorge Polanco coming back. So Miguel Sano, is he a first baseman? Do they try to trade him again? What are you feeling? Well, remember on Sano, I reported this in the winter. They floated his name to Tampa in the Chris Archer talk. So do I think they are married to Miguel Sano long term? No. But is his value really high? No, it's not. So I can't see a scenario where Miguel Sano is back in a Twins uniform next year. As for Brian Dozier, there have not been any recent talks. I don't foresee any contract extension talks during the season. I think what the Twins need to weigh is, okay, do we extend him a qualifying offer? And I don't know if I would. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, for a while I thought, yeah, I mean, it's obvious you do. At this point, though, I don't know. He's been slumping. I think I still would. So they need to weigh, okay, we're probably not going to pay him the big money, so we're going to lose him. But does it make more sense to extend the qualifying offer than get a draft pick, or what can we get for him on July 30th, Yeah, July 31st? But I don't necessarily see Brian Dozier back next year. Here's what I would do. I had somebody with the Twins suggest, okay, yeah, they're losing all these guys. I mean, you guys have gone up and down the list of all the guys that have expiring contracts. They will have a ton of money to play with. So I was told... Don't be surprised if they chase some sort of big splash. Well, they tried with you, Darvish, right? So they're willing. They did. They're clearly willing. They are willing, yes. I mean, they went to five years when, for the longest time, their philosophy internally is don't give any starting pitcher more yeah. than four years. They it, went to five years on Darvish. I can confirm it was a hundred plus million dollars. It too. was, yes. Mm-hmm. So they are willing to try. Here's what I would do this is my own speculation. I would pay Manny Machado a ton of money. I'd make him my third baseman. If he wants to play shortstop, I'd move Jorge Polanco Hold on. to third base. Yeah, this is, Miguel Sano is your first baseman, Doogie. or Brent Rooker is. 
And then the other guy is your DH. Logan Morrison isn't here long term. That's what I would do. That's my own speculation. That's going to be tough. That's going to be like a but 10-year contract. Here's right? what I can tell you from an informed time. standpoint. Yep. The Twins are prepared to attempt to make a big splash next winter. Okay. If things continue to go uh, south here and this team continues to struggle... Is there any way that Paul wouldn't be brought back with, what, two years left? I, th- I think after mm. last year he signed a three-year contract, and I think he was smart enough there's no option there. I think it's a straight three-year contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've n- never been convinced that this regime was in love with him or that idea. Would there be any way that a managerial change could take place if we continue to see this cl- this team flounder? I mean, never say never. I mean, I don't have any sort of information to suggest anything is imminent in that regard. But come early October, I mean, at this point, the rate they are on, I can't dismiss that possibility. So well, sure, but I'm just telling guys. you, there's there's nothing that that I sense says that that Paul Molitor right this second is on the hot seat. Now I do wonder at some point, is there some sort of scapegoat? Is it the pitching coach, or maybe more so the hitting coach? You know, oftentimes we see that, right? There is some sort of That's scapegoat. That's all their guys, though, Doogie. I know. Those are those their guys. Those two guys are their guys. Yeah, but, I know. but just because you whiff on, like, a hire doesn't mean that you're incompetent as a general manager. No, Brian, I mean, Brian, I still, Brian I'm Cashman all in on Fabian and Levine. I think those guys are incredibly bright. They absolutely are. And all the bodies they've added, smart bodies, I mean, yeah, it's been a disappointment. Joe Madden But I still believe in those guys. Coach. Right. No, no, but my... And again... There's nothing imminent. From right. what I can gather, nobody this second is in trouble. I, I just think it's interesting that the manager in this case is the one guy who's definitely not their guy. And I never thought that they were in love with the idea of the extension after last year. But clearly with the team going from, what, 103 losses to the playoffs, they had to do it. So that's what, if they had the freedom to say, okay, you know what? Great last year, disappointing this year, that they could step in and say, we, we would really like to now hire a manager of our I, choosing. Uh, let me add two things. I would say, because it's, it's year one of a three-year contract, I don't think there's any chance Paul Molitor gets fired anytime before like the middle of next season if it's really bad. And secondly, the manager isn't the problem or a problem here. There's so many other things. Like, Is it Paul Molitor's fault that Byron Buxton can't hit a major league pitch? I mean, is, maybe it's 10% his fault for not, I don't know. But some of it's just... Put together a better roster and uh, make sure you make some good offseason moves. Maybe find... I, I just don't know how much I would blame Paul Molitor for this. I'm I with you. I mean, heck, Jorge Polanco's suspension. Think about how brilliant Polanco was the final couple months of last year. Irvin Santana not being in the rotation. Any number of injuries. By the way, on Buxton, I can just tell you, the medication he was taking before games... I mean, for anybody to question his toughness, because I've seen some tweets about that now... Oh, he can't play through this. He was playing through ridiculous pain. I mean, that's on the Twins. I mean, he should have gone on a rehab assignment. Or not been brought back if he was in that much pain. Or not been brought yeah. back. But now that he's on the DL, I mean, I don't expect Buxton to play again for a number of weeks. But I just want no. the audience to know mm-hmm. the stuff he did to get on the field. I mean, he couldn't use his lower body, for God's well, sake. Well, then he should have been playing. He should not have been then playing. he should not be playing. Correct. He should not have been playing. Yeah. But I just... It's... Ridiculous to me that people would question his toughness. Let's discuss Twitter burner accounts. <laughs> Brian Colangelo probably about to be uh, fired by the Sixers after it was discovered that um, likely he and his wife had about five of these. <laughs> what can you tell me about uh, burner Twitter accounts in the NBA and more specifically what goes on at Target Center when it comes to this medium that we also enjoy? Well, Mail Clinic Square, from what I can gather, Tom Thibodeau is not on Twitter. 
He doesn't have a burner account. He doesn't check tweets on his phone. That being said, there are a number of front office employees who are on Twitter who check it religiously. And I am told print out tweets for Tibbs to read. So whether it's any number of reporters, the John Krasinski's, the Jerry Zagoda's, I'm in that boat. There's a lot of people in that boat. Tibbs sees all of it. They obsess over some of the dumbest things over there. It is ridiculous. And oh, by the way, the owner is on Twitter. He admitted that on my podcast last year that his wife, Becky, ends up running it for him. And I don't think he tweets. I don't know what the Twitter handle is. But Glenn Taylor reads tweets. <laughs> at at Sweater Vest Rule. Something like that. Uh, um, what are some logical moves... What can the Wolves do with their mid-level exception? So they have, like, the full, is it $8 million, the full yeah, mid-level well, exception? Yeah, depending on certain circumstances, and it's a lot of minutia with the salary cap. But, yes, there are scenarios where they can use the full mid-level exception like, what are of the, approximately $8.5 million. I love Avery Bradley. I mean, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, and I think he's realistic. But he's a starter, and he plays 30 minutes. He is. And, yes, that will be the issue. Tibbs trying to sell these guys on hay. I will use you. But all these guys are friends. Like, Jamal Crawford knows everybody in the league. The pitch to Jamal was, Jamal, this is last year, Jamal, you'll play the same amount of minutes you played the previous year with the Clippers. That was approximately 26 minutes a night. He did not come close to playing 26 minutes a night for the Wolves. Now, could argue he probably should have. Defense, yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. But I'm just telling you, that was the pitch. So if you're Avery Bradley, if you're... Danny Green, who likely chooses to hit the market, although he's got a player option, any number of guys, I would think some of those guys reach out to Jamal because Jamal is the most friendliest guy on the planet. So Jamal is going to give them the feedback. Hey, I'm just telling you, I was told I'd play the same amount of minutes I played in Los Angeles, and that didn't happen. So you make up your own mind. you know. But Avery Bradley would be my number one target because he can make threes and he can defend. I mean, guys like that, I mean, they should be able to get Regardless of what Tibbs is pitching, what have you, money still talks. And if the Wolves are offering four years at the full mid-level and somebody doesn't have that same offer somewhere else, they are going to come here and take the money. So they should be able to get some player that helps them a lot. They, they need they need guys who are comfortable not touching the ball unless it's passed to them and they're shooting a three or unless it's off a, off a back cut or something. They've got too many ball-centric players. And Jamal was a ball-centric player, too, and he just wasn't a great fit here. Mm-hmm. So um, That's where just... Gerald Green would have made sense. They had it's Green true. in here for a free agent workout last September. I mean, I'm telling you, Green's camp was practically begging the Wolves, please make us an offer. They never did. Then he goes to the Bucks. He was with the Bucks in the preseason. They let him go. Then he's sitting there again for a number of weeks. They begged the Wolves. A few teams, but I'm telling you, they begged the Wolves. Sign me. Please sign me. And he's a catch-and-shoot guy. He's not a ball-centric guy. And the Wolves would not do that. Then he goes to Houston. And don't get me wrong, Houston is is as good a fit as any for a guy like Gerald Green. But that's just one example. So, I mean, there has been some incompetence in the front office, but they've also made some genius moves. I mean, heck, I thought they overpaid Taj Gibson. And I thought Gibson had his best year of his career last year. Jimmy Butler trade when you bring in a top 10 to a player. So they've done some good, but... There's some incompetence there because I've told you, I've heard stories where the Wolves' last trade deadline did not get back to teams. Like, we can we can complain all we want, us in the media, about lack of communication. 
There are teams that they literally don't communicate it's, with. You know, it's almost like the president of basketball operations has too much on his plate to respond to all of his emails and texts. Yeah. What's the know. GM doing, at least? Well, speaking of the GM, he wasn't on the West Coast this week. Scott Layden, this was about the busiest scouting week of the year. Okay, All these agencies, Creative Arts Agency, any number of, of guys were working out both in Los Angeles and Las Vegas this week. Where was General Manager Scott Layden? Now, Tom Thibodeau was out west. Other members of the front office. Where was the general manager? Well, here's the answer. I'm actually told he's dealing with some personal stuff. So I don't sense anything is imminent on the Layden front, anything like that, at least right now. I'm told legitimate personal reasons kept Layden from being on the West Coast this week. Okay, fair enough. Michael Kendricks uh, visited, I think, this week. I think he was going to visit three teams, Doogie, and and the Vikings were, I think, on Wednesday or so. What are the chances of them uh, signing linebacker, who is the brother, of course, of middle linebacker Eric Kendricks? Here's what I can tell you. I mean, I can't quantify the Browns' pitch, the Raiders' pitch, and we know the Browns have an absurd amount of salary cap space. So if the Browns want to offer him one year, $8 million, the Vikings aren't doing that. So if money is most important for Michael, I guess he'll end up in Cleveland. But I do know the Vikings feel good about their pitch. Being out in Egan on Wednesday, talking to some officials on background, they feel good about their pitch, and it involves him being on the field more than just in the base defense. This is Now, I didn't get all the specifics, but does that mean that Anthony Barr... Has his hand on the ground? I mean, I think Zimmer looked at Philadelphia last year and said, okay, look at how they rotated their mm. defensive linemen. Everson would, Griffin is on the field, for example, too much. Would Everson move into the, or, or on, on, let's say, third and eight, would the Kendricks brothers be, be the linebackers? And then your defensive front would be Barr and uh, Daniil Hunter on the outside. Maybe Griffin moves inside? Yeah, I mean, I think you want him on the field. In that scenario, right? I mean, third down, obvious passing down. You don't want Everson Griffin on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So maybe there are some first downs where Everson Griffin is off the field. Got used too much. Yes. Flat out, they wore down. Yeah, so this is my own speculation. I just know that the Vikings' pitch to Michael was, hey, if you come here, you'll get snaps. We can't exactly give you the exact number, but you're not just going to be on the field first and second down base defense as that third linebacker. We will find ways to use you. Much more than that. So to me, yeah, it's very fascinating. And I'm sure there's some appeal to playing with his brother. But yes, the Vikings are not going to offer him the most money. So if he comes here, he's taking less money because he wants to play with his brother. He'll get his snaps, and he's got the best chance among those three to 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 win a ring. Sure, that too. Last thing for you here, you have a go for basketball. Is it it Amir Coffey you have an update on for us? Well, sure, yeah. So he's coming off the right shoulder surgery. I am told he's actually shooting. So he's a couple weeks ahead of schedule. He's starting workouts actually today with a trainer. So Amir Coffey doing very well coming off that shoulder surgery. Also, Isaiah Washington on his Instagram account broke some news last night that Dupree McBrayer has now been fully medically cleared. Cool. So McBrayer dealing with any number of injuries. I don't injuries. think that's Isaiah's job, but thank yeah, well, you. Well, you should go to it. Yeah, it's on Washington's Instagram account. So yeah, he you said, hey, it's great Instagram. news. Yeah. I, clearly. <laughs> did you guys ever, you never followed through, you were going to do the 27 three-point shots. That never happened this it's week? It's going to happen Saturday. Saturday? We're doing it. We, we think the, the, the Rockets went 0 for 27 at one point from three. We think Judd can make an NBA three within 27 attempts. I debate that, but we'll see. Mm. Using backboard with Saturday. an actual NBA basketball, not a women's ball? No, I think an actual ball. 
Well, but, I mean, but they're different sizes. A women's yeah. ball is smaller than an NBA ball, it's, a men's ball. The the basketball that's in college trunk know. will be what would I shoot. I have serious Oof. doubts about if I can make one. You know, you can make one. You can go glass. I agree. You got to go glass. Okay, that's what Judd said. Judd said, "Well, the corner three is the statistic." No, like, no, no, for, no, no, for no. NBA He's not guys, it is. Yeah, for NBA what guys, if I start it is. hitting corner three, yeah. left no. and right, I can <laughs> sign with the Wolves. No, you're not making a corner three, but yeah, Tibbs would love me. Yeah, top of the key, Shoot. straight on. You can go glass. For I sure. have my money on you making one of twenty-seven. By the way, Dante Divincenzo in town for a workout on Monday. The Wolves are one of the teams. They're not the only one, but. They're one of the teams that keeps all draft workouts private, which to me yeah. is idiotic. I mean, heck, they had Reed Travis and Nunioma, two local kids, in last week. Like, why wouldn't you want the media there to interview those guys with their Wolves gear on? Yeah. Why not embrace media coverage in the offseason? But they're one of those organizations that likes to keep everything secret, so it's on guys like me to, to dig. So Dante DiVincenzo, somebody I've come around on, the Villanova guard, I like him at pick 20, so that is a name to watch if the Wolves end up keeping pick 20 not trading it. That would be another thing, talking about what the Wolves can do this offseason. Clearly, there is some interest in moving that pick. Awesome. Thank you, Doogie. Go find the Scoop Podcast, Apple Podcast, anywhere you would download podcasts. Uh, we'll get to the Scoop post-game show here in just a second. And then Chris Singleton will talk some twins and some baseball. And Reed Forgrave, from, uh, he, was, he was inside the arena last night at Oracle for all the, the chaos. Let's talk first about Chris Lindahl and what is now. He made this big announcement. I was talking to Chris yesterday. Uh, it's now Chris Lindall Real Estate, and ChrisLindall.com is a one-stop shop for buyers, for sellers, for information about Twin Cities and outstate Minnesota real estate. Chris Lindall has made the jump. This is one of the biggest announcements in Minnesota real estate history. Chris Lindall Real Estate at ChrisLindall.com, and the number to call if you're looking to put your home on the market. And for me, and the experience working with Chris Lindahl last year was incredible. It was about a year and a half ago. We put my condo on the market, and uh, I had a number in my mind. I said, let's put it on the market for this. I think this is a pretty – I'd be pretty happy with this. And they said, well, you'd be happy with that. What about this? And I made tens of thousands of dollars more on the sale of my condo thanks to Chris Lindahl Real Estate. 763-401-SOLD is the number. 763-401-SOLD. Or, again, ChrisLindahl.com. That's Chris. Becky and Judd now continue. Just press play. On 1500 ESPN. Take Your Kid Fishing Weekend is coming up next week. You can get prepared tomorrow by joining Jess Myers at the Tracker Boating Center in Shakopee from 9 a.m. to 11 and Chris Reavers at the Tracker Boating Center in Forest Lake from 1 p.m. until 3. Hang with the boys. Check out the amazing selection of Tracker Boats and sign up to win a $100 Bagley Bates prize pack. Plus, the first 15 people through the door can grab a complimentary pair of passes to the Minnesota Zoo. Details all at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, Dave. Our guy Chris Singleton on Twins and Major League Baseball will join us in about 10 minutes. He just sent us a, a tweet. It's a selfie of him. He said, I'm multitask because we got a bunch of rain. It's him on a riding lawnmower. Literally telling people to stay off his lawn. I don't blame him on his old school baseball side. It's a nice property right there. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sure it is. I mean, he's a nice baseball player for yeah, no, I know. several years. I know. It looks very nice. I think he's probably doing pretty well in the broadcast department, too. You know, you're the lead color commentator for ESPN Radio Major League Baseball broadcast. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, so he'll join us in five or ten minutes. All right. Scoop post game show here. Obviously, I love reckless speculation. You love reckless speculation. And Doogie took it to a new level. With his twins. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Yep. He's not reporting this. He's just saying 
the twins, and I've I've heard uh, on good authority too that it was a six, or I'm sorry, a nine figure offer to uh, over five years to you, Darvish. So that's I mean that's been reported, but yeah, they're serious about spending money on the right free agents. They showed that last year. Maybe not as serious as the Cubs were because the Cubs went another year and went more money. But the fact that they're offering a $100 million contract, those aren't just like throwaway lowball offers mm-hmm. that maybe we're used to here with previous Twins regimes. So if they've got all this money coming off the books, and we can spend segments doing this throughout the summer, Manny Machado is the name Doogie threw out there. I don't... That, 25 years old. So he's, if you were yeah. 28 or 29 and you're going to get locked into a Pujols contract, I'm out. Yep. But the fact that he made his debut when he was like 20... And he's hitting free agency, much like Bryce Harper, in the middle of, like, as he's getting into his prime. Mm-hmm. If it's an eight year contract and that takes him to age 33 or 34, mm-hmm. you at least know that you're not going to get those 37, 38, 39 year old seasons the pool like years. the Cano years that are going to come up here. That intrigues me quite a bit. It, How could it not? It intrigues me a lot, but here's the issue I think he's going to get multiple 10 year offers. From Based some on, from some really big market okay. teams. Has that been reported? I mean, it seems logical. Uh, the Cubs, but. the Cubs supposedly are, were trying to, or are thinking of trying to trade for him now to try and sign him immediately. That seems like flawed logic. <laughs> the the point the point being though that that if you come to him with an eight year offer, I think you'd have to go up to ten, and then I think you'd have to blow some big market teams away because he's going to get so much potentially now. The one I don't get is this one. Let's let's backtrack for one second. You Darvish, just for a second here. You Darvish is now DL'd again for a second time. And Jimenez, his catcher, who was here last year, has come out and said publicly he thinks people in Chicago hate him. <laughs> I don't understand this. Honest to I God. Think that's funny for some reason. But why do athletes if you if you know and, and you should know yourself, right? Like you should know yourself to say, okay, if I sign with the Yankees, Red Sox, or Cubs, if I sign, if I sign in a major market, and I'm going to get a ton of cash, I can't handle it really. If you're Darvish, well, but but if you're you Darvish, why didn't you sign here? Like, why did you think to yourself he he he's got to know his weaknesses? If he really, if if he is really right now, we you are think in people, late you May. Think people know their weaknesses. They That's should. Like, I'm saying if knows you're, their I'm saying if you're in late, if you're in late May in your first year with the Cubs, and you're now saying, I think these people, of course, they hate you in Chicago and in Boston, they'd hate you and New York. And I got some tweets saying, well, we're tough on Maurer. Or softball compared to those markets. You Darvish would have been fine. If if his problem is really the pressure getting to him and the stress, he would have been fine here. Well, I mean, that's, but okay, but he's not here. He's a Cub. Whatever. I understand like, that, but it's been driving me crazy all week. And okay. I don't think he anticipated pitching like crap. But no, people, I don't think you signed the deal all, thinking, uh, man, I'm really going to, hey, I mean, when I start to really blow, these guys the are going to hate me. Eyes on the ball. All due respect to your, you but, Darvish, rogue take. The conversation is: Should the Twins sign Manny Machado? Well, yeah, yes, they should. But when I'm, but my, hold on a second. How can I phrase this? Not to use a phrase I use a lot. I don't lot. give a rip about the Cubs fans hating you, Darvish. The Twins I, are going to sign Manny Machado, according tw- to Doogie. The Twins. That's that's, that's not a okay, real no, report. No, it, he prefaced it by saying, <laughs> yes. "This is my opinion." Oh, I believe he did. They should. Reckless. <laughs> he said they should pursue Machado. Machado's going to get 10-year offers from some big-time teams, and for him to come to Minnesota to play for the Twins, the Twins are going to have to exceed those okay. offers, so I don't think it's going to happen. 
There's a lot. I, I'm the, not saying they won't make him an offer. I, I would pay one of the best hitters in baseball and a great defensive third baseman who's going to be 26 years old this offseason hitting free agency. That's the type of player I would give a 10-year contract to. Not the 30-year-old guy yeah. who you're going to pay at least 40. I got you. Let's, in fact, let's ask Chris you. Singleton what he says about this. Manny Machado. We'll get into uh, some reckless speculation with Chris Singleton here from ESPN Radio and ESPN Platforms. Let's first talk about America's fastest-growing TV brand, TCL TVs, and the built-in Roku device, which gives you access to streaming channels galore. And, you know, we were talking earlier in the show, what's the deal with NBA officials, man? These guys are a big part of the story from last night. They're blowing calls left and right. Is officiating getting worse? I actually, I blame TCL TVs. I blame 4K picture quality. I blame the fact that you can see the you can see the you know the black heads on someone's face. Kevin Love, you can see zits on his face with a 4K resolution TV. Of course, you're going to see a blown call. Um, so, I think TCL TVs, if you're a sports fan, are absolute must-haves in your living room. If you've got you know Father's Day is coming up, maybe uh, you got a sports watching dad that you want to surprise. Go into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. And uh, and test drive one, so to speak, for yourself. Mackie and Judd are back. All right, people, let's get ready. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins now. With former player turned ESPN baseball analyst Chris Singleton. All right. Got the lawnmower fired up there, according to Twitter. Do you ever, Chris Singleton, do you ever mow shapes into your lawn like like Major League Grounds crews do? I don't because I'm on a, I'm a little bit of a sloped hill in the front, so I'm I'm happy each time just to still be alive um, after (laughs) I've finished it. (laughs) So, yeah, no, no, no style points. I mean, I got some nice little lines. You know, I try to make sure I overlap a little bit so you get that. (laughs) You know, a nice little line, but no cross cut and drag like you see at some of these, you know, beautiful manicured ballparks. It looks nice, though. It, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll have to tweet a final. Uh, after I, I, I didn't blow. You probably saw in the background there were some clippings. It's been raining a ton here, like in Georgia. Like, it's been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the grass has grown a lot. So I got a, I got extra clippings. I'm on a short schedule today because I got to fly to Houston this afternoon, but I got to get this done. And um, and I had to be ready for you guys. So man, I got the laptop on. I'm riding the mower. I'm petting. People are driving by and taking pictures. I'm like what in the world's going on? What's happening? And when you have an opportunity to be on two with two stubs like you, you, know, you got to make sure you're right. Yeah, a couple of blue chip radio prospects right here. So we sort of stumbled into this conversation uh, about ten minutes ago. The Twins are they're what eight games under five hundred or whatever it is, nine games under, and so we're kind of. Kind of conceding the fact that even though the division's weak, it's going to be tough. So we're speculating on the future. And one of our friends, Darren Wolfson, just came in here and he said, all right, the Twins made a nine-figure push for you, Darvish, showing that they're very, this new front office is very willing to spend money on free agents. They didn't get you, Darvish, but they're willing to spend money. They got a ton of money coming off the books, including Joe Maurer's $23 million. Manny Machado is 26 years old this offseason. If you're the Twins or anybody else, if the price tag got up to whatever, 25, 30 million a year on a 10 year contract, like where would you draw the line as a front office on Manny Machado, age 26, going into free agency? 
And so by the end of that deal, you're talking perhaps 36 years old. But that's better than um, like, you know, 39 or 40, like when Pujols entered free agency, for instance. Right, right. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's an interesting, it, it's an interesting conversation. Obviously, we know that one player, you know, doesn't, doesn't do it for you. Um, you're know, out on a baseball team. And so what's the market look like? What players are available? Or not just this year, you know, what, what's looking to be available in the next year or two um, when you think that, hey, we're going to be in the strongest position to, to compete and win. And then you're also looking at the division and looking at Cleveland, and you're looking around and saying, hey, where are these other teams going to be? The Red Sox and the Yankees are not going anywhere. They're, they're pretty young, and they're pretty spry. Um, you have the Houston Astros. They're not going anywhere for a while. So you start like, take doing sort of an inventory of what's going on around the league, where they position, um, you know, what free agents are coming available. And I, I think it becomes, I, I'm just sort of being speculative, but I think it becomes a much bigger, um, you know, decision and how you contemplate that and how you process through than just saying, hey, we're going to dump this money with Manny Machado unless you feel that, um, you know, Manny's, that guy that can push us uh, in with if we get everything else going right, other guys are healthy, you know, we pitch better than below, you know, below average. We, we do all those things right. Is this, is this going to be worth it? And does it put the, the fans in the seats or um, position us, you know, for, for other streams of revenue? I, I think from the business perspective, it's a lot bigger than just looking at, okay, you know, can this – can we win here? Or, you know, how many more games can we win? Does it improve us three games, four games at the end of the year? Is that worth it? Who, who do you think pursues him ultimately? How, how many teams do you think pursue uh, Machado? Um, I could see the, I could see the Red Sox pursuing Machado. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say, well, Hey, they, they've got Rafael, Devers at third base, kind of a, a young young player. Um, you could have a situation where you might have could see a trade. Endeavors could go to the Orioles. You get Machado. Um, you're going to have to give up some other stuff, maybe a Blake Swihart um, to get him. But here's why: the, the Dave Dombrowski and and the Red Sox they're not looking too far to see the Yankees. Hey, they're they're set up really well. And they've got money to spend. I think their payroll is like eighth or ninth or something like that. Um, they've got money to spend. They're going to improve their team. And if the Red Sox don't try to grab a player like Manny Machado, you're going to be looking at you know finishing second in the division um, for several years to come. Um, so I could see it. And then you're also talking about who can afford it, who can who can pay that money. Um, they obviously have just designated Hanley um, and they're going to release him. So even though they'll be on the hook for the salary, it's still something that they can sort of write down, if you will, um, because he's released. Um, so, yeah, I, I would I would definitely see the Red Sox being the team that can get just got the money and that needs to make it happen. Yeah. Um, Chris Singleton is our is our buddy who calls in, talks baseball, talks twins with us on Fridays from ESPN Radio. What you've when when teams like the Twins come in with expectations and and you can see the writing on the wall before the All Star break, that has to be really tough on a clubhouse, right? I mean, it's one thing to just start the season and kind of know, yeah, we're not going to be that good this year, but when you come in thinking, all right, 
we're going to take a step forward. We're going to try and win the division, get back to the playoffs, and the rug just gets pulled out for various reasons. I can't imagine that that's uh, an easy pill to swallow in there. So what the attitude is, is after you you lose that wild card game against the Yankees, you, you leave there saying, man, you know, especially when you watch the Yankees go to Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, and you're sitting there and saying, you know what, we uh, we should have uh, beat the Yankees in that wild card game. We could have beat the Yankees. We matched up really well against the Cleveland Indians during the regular season. All right, we're sitting at home right now, but you know what, we're all kind of, in some ways we're kind of young. Um, we're going to come back next year and be better. And you come back the next year feeling, you know, pretty good in spring training about the step forward that you're going to take. And then uh, you get punched in the face and you get, you know, lack of performance. You add a Lance Lynn. He's not performing well. You add a Logan Morrison. Um, he's not performing well. You have a, a suspension, a PED suspension. You have these different things um, going on. And then the record reflects it as well. Um, now all of a sudden you're looking and saying, all right, um, it's kind of taking the wind out of us, if you will. And we got to keep competing because individuals, you got players that are looking for bumps in their salary, arbitration, uh, those, those things. Um, so you have to keep competing, but the mindset shifts a little bit and it makes it very difficult to, to really come together as a team and, and do something special. And obviously, when you look around the league, it's going to be very, very difficult for the Twins to capture that second wild card this year. And so um, you got to figure out, you know, Paul Molitor, who's you know got plenty of experience in the clubhouse, uh, figure out ways how to shrink the rest of the season and look at smaller goals. And, hey, maybe, you know what, if we start, instead of looking at how you know far back we are and how tough things are, let's develop some smaller goals and start hitting those goals you never know. We might look up and say, man, we're in September, guys, and, you know, we're, we're still in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the way you have to sort of diffuse, diffuse things. Uh, give, give us your thoughts on slides at home plate in, in light of what ha- happened uh, with the Cubs this week. Was that, is that a dirty player? Where, where do we need to, to have acceptance here now on, on that type of play? And, and where, where do you think players are now uh, abusing the, the rule or going outside of where it should be? Okay, great. Thanks for asking me because I, I I wanted to talk about it and um, you know just watching you know this week I got you know a little fired up myself. <laughs> Is it a dirty play? No. Mm-hmm. Is it an illegal slide? Yes. Okay. So um, the Cubs, plenty of respect for them. Love Anthony Rizzo. I think he's one of the best human beings playing the game. But the slide was a bad slide. It was an illegal slide. The there, there are new rules. And these are just this year. This has been going on for several years now. And those that want to continue to say it's messing with the integrity of how we play the game, I'm sorry, you have to get over it. It's over. The game is not played that way anymore. You have to slide into the bag. You have to, you know, you have to give the guy a lane. Um, and Joe Madden, who I respect and, and I love, um, He's, he's also been upset about this in the past with Contreras kind of blocking home plate. And there has been, um, you know, frustration around uh, the way that the rules are, have changed. But they've changed, and we have to get over it and move forward. And so Anthony Rizzo's slide was off the 
impact the home plate. It was inside. It was up the line. It was a direct slide, but it was because of his line. And had that been done to Contreras, and Contreras blows out an ankle or a knee, the Cubs would be upset, just like any team. And this is what these teams do, and I did it, I'm sure, as a player. You see it through a lens. When you do it, there's nothing wrong. When someone else does it, it's just, you know, I mean, so egregious. And that's what the situation is. And I just, frankly, I would just like the Cubs because they have been a team that it's been a bit repetitive. And it has been with Joe. We've got to turn the page, except the way that the game is being played now. Yeah. No one wants to see players get hurt, and that's that. What do you th- just to take this sort of the, the game is evolving, like you said, so much, and 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 there's a there's a part of the analytics wave that has changed the way that uh, that we view and play the game. And Ken Rosenthal had a piece for the Athletic this week, uh, talking with Rob Manfred, who said, "Yeah, there's just things that have happened in the last four or five years, and we're going to have to respond to those things." What do you think? Are there two or three things that maybe aren't implemented right now? Whether it's uh, you know illegal shift or defense or the official use of a pitch clock. Do you think in five years we're going to have two or three things that we never would have dreamed of five or ten years ago that baseball puts in to try and either quicken games up or make it easier to uh, to get a single to right field again? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I think we're going to see a pitch clock. Um, listen, I, I was working in the All-Star Home Run Derby in the All-Star game a few years back in, in New York um, at City Field when that was the first year, I believe it was City Field, first year you had the clock on for Home Run Derby. Yeah. And, man, did it change the dynamic of the excitement and how things moved through. Um, even, you know, my broadcast partner, John Shambi, who it's a chore for him to call the, you know, the Home Run Derby because how many times can you say, you know, back, it's way back. It's not, you know, <laughs> it becomes very tough. Yeah. But all of a sudden the clock changed even from, you know, someone who's arguably got the toughest job covering it, um, changed that excitement and enthusiasm. So there's no doubt that when you're speeding up the action, it's, it's not so much about the time of game or length of game, but it's speeding up, you know, and eliminating the dead time. And, I just think that we all have to remember is that we are in a fiercely competitive uh, landscape for entertainment and for attention span and for everything else. And no matter how much you love this game, no matter how much, you know, you, whatever, you, the, you know, the, the nostalgia of it for you, the fact is that it's a business. And for owners and those that are involved, they're looking to maximize the revenue in this game. And so um, the form of entertainment that it is and that it, it needs to continue to evolve into to keep interest, to keep eyeballs, that's what they're going to ultimately do. And I don't know what the game's going to look like in five years or ten years. I don't know how, what my involvement, you know, it's changing, it seems, so rapidly. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Um, it'll still be around but I think it's going to look and feel even more different than it does right now. Yeah. Uh, well, enjoy enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your travel. And, uh, you know, make sure you send us a, a, a finished photo of the Houston Astros logo that you wind up mowing <laughs> into the side of that hill. Thanks, Chris. Hey, guys. Thank you. I'll All right. See you. Chris Singleton, right, ESPN Radio and uh, ESPN Platforms. Yeah, he's been awesome on Fridays. And the game, yeah, this is the first time Rob Menford has really come out and said, okay, 
it's not just we're having conversations, but we're going to do things. No, we're going to implement things, things yeah. that will but he's make right. people mad. He's he is. The issue is is for us older baseball fans. We're, we're caught up in in what we knew, but things were different. Games were quicker. Yeah. So so we get so caught up in in the nostalgia of our childhood that we say, well, it shouldn't be changed, but it has to be changed. Mm-hmm. He's a thousand percent right. Just real quick, total decide. Uh, I'm watching. So you got Stephen A. and Michael Wilbon here. This is from last night on the floor at, at the Oracle. Bill Simmons is wearing a a goat jacket there on the left. <laughs> yeah. He slowly walked behind them and just stared at the camera with his like gray beard. He's he's a piece of work. Is what he trolling is. his old network. Uh, we're gonna get to Reed Forgrave, who was in the Bay Area for this game last night in the arena. We'll get to him in about. 10 or 15 minutes. Judd's got a word here for Prime Mortgage Lending first. Yes, I do. And if you're considering a mortgage company, I want to suggest my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough. And I want to do it because this isn't about simply selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn that trust than sell you a loan. And you're saying, well, that sounds great, Judd, but what exactly does it mean? That means while Prime would love to have you as a client, as I've been saying, what they want to do is sit down, meet with you first, and explain their plan. And then the decision is up to you. That's because for Kent and Prime, this is about a couple of very important things. Those things are teamwork and collaboration. It's what Prime is about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of that mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can actually pay your closing costs? That's right. Not just include them in your loan, but actually pay the closing costs for you. That's what Prime wants to do. That's what Kent wants to do. And they also want you to go to their website, and that website is goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. And those are some boobs, by the way. Mackey and Judd. Uh... On 1500 ESPN. Ever dream of playing at U.S. Bank Stadium? We've got the chance for you. Sign up your team now to participate in United Health Group's Touch of Football Flag football tournament coming up Saturday, September 8th. Flag football teams will take over the stadium for this one-day six-on-six tournament, all to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Team spots are limited and selling out fast, so get you and your team signed up now. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events, and this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Pleasureland RVs. Reckless Speculation. Uh, a couple people have asked this question on on Twitter at fifteen hundred ESPN Judd at fifteen hundred ESPN at Phil Mackey at Dave underscore Harrigan who's over a thousand followers now, big time. Yeah, yes. big big deal. Um, would the Joe Mauer contract that went awry for the Twins, as we talk in this hypothetical Manny Machado land, fully understanding how reckless the speculation is? He's a free agent, but the Twins have a ton of money, so let's just say that they were interested in making a serious push for Manny Machado, which is a really hard reality to wrap our heads around as Twins fans. Let's just let's just go there for a second. Would Joe Maurer's contract give you pause to sign Manny Machado to his contract? Oh, absolutely. A 10-year contract scares me, but if but if that's the player that you desperately want, it's going to take at least 10 years. If you're bidding against Boston, well he probably wants to become a free agent again before his prime is over, so there might be like a it might be like a five-year deal for him that he that then he can hit free agency again when he's thirty-one or, yeah. or or like a player opt-out or something. Maybe. Um, yes, it, it would give me pause to to answer your question. Yes, I would definitely be there would be trepidation. Uh, but if that's the guy that you decided that that you were going to go all in for with Mauer off the books, Lynn Lomo, that whole group, I think you'd have to yeah. go ten years. 
He's one, he's not Mike Trout productive, but he's one of the most productive two-way players. Just a guy who can who can glove it. A guy who has had the last four years thirty-five bombs. He scores more runs than he drives in, oftentimes because he hits a little higher in the order. But 30, here's his last four years: Machado, thirty-five bombs in 160, 162 games, one fifty-seven, one fifty-six. This year he's played fifty-six games. He had one year where he missed half the year in two thousand fourteen, but the year before that it was one hundred fifty-six games. But the last four years, 35 bombs, 102 runs, 86 RBIs, and uh, an OPS near 900. Then 37 bombs, 105 runs, 96 RBIs, OPS again near 900. 33 bombs, 81 runs scored, 95 RBIs, OPS uh, around 800 last year. And then this year, his OPS is over 1,000. He's got 16 bombs already. Like... If the I, production is pretty crazy, if I and, he could, can, and he can glove it at third. If I could do five years and some type of option after five, five years, I'd be far more intrigued. If like he the would, CC contracts, which I think yeah, were mutual yes. options or something. Yes, if I did a five-year deal and it was, it's once again, it's not the the financial invest or it's not the yes, it's not the, the financial investment that scares me. It's the financial event investment if it's ten years. So if I could do five years at huge dollars and then there's a potential out there. I'm much more intrigued than if it has to be a 10-year deal. Yeah. Now, the question then becomes, though, if uh, Chris is right and it's Boston, does Boston come along and say 8 to 10 years, which yeah. they very well might do? The, the Joe Maurer contract should have zero bearing on the the hypothetical Manny Machado conversation because Joe Maurer was a catcher when he signed that deal. And we knew going in, catchers, after they get to be 30, 31, 32, either have to move positions or their bats drop off dramatically. It's really hard to find in a hundred plus years of baseball catchers who, after about thirty-two, were wildly productive hitters. There's just not that many of them, um, and so they either have to go to first base or some other or outfield or whatever, or they just have to plot along as these weak hitting thirty-three, thirty-four year old dudes. Massive long-term contracts scare me. See Maurer, see Poolholes, see Suter, see Parisi. Correct, but age matters. So that's what, I get that, but but what I'm saying is when we're talking, when we're up to ten years or so, that definitely at least makes me think about right. it long and hard. And I, and, and I, but again, I would say it's not about the length of contract here. It's about the age of the player and how much you're paying them at but that. You're age. still taking them to thirty six, thirty seven. But but that's that's the age that you want to avoid. You you don't, you would take Manny Machado till he's thirty five. You asked me the question, would that scare me? Yes, it would. All right. And I'm, I'm not a, saying I wouldn't do it. I'd say okay. it would scare me. Right. I'm not even trying to fight you. I'm just saying the fear comes from paying a 36 year old dude like 25 or 30 million, or in the case of these wild players, you know that hockey players after the age of 31, 32, it's very hit or miss. And you're opting into paying guys from 33 to 40. If you can avoid paying players in years that are traditionally and historically I get that, decline yeah. years, that's what you want to avoid. In baseball, the decline years are. You start to decline a little 32, 33, 34, mm-hmm. but in terms of being completely ineffective, that's like 36, 37, 38, and you would avoid those years altogether. So that's why I'm I'm with you. Most of the time, eight, 10-year contracts, I'm out because most of those players are 28, 30, 31 years old when we're having those discussions. This dude's 25 right now. How about a five-year five year contract, mutual option? After five years, so if if he's not doing well, you, you can cut bait, or if the team's not succeeding, he can cut bait, but it can kick into eight years potentially if both sides decide to stay in it after five. How about that? I'm fine with that, but I would also consider a 10-year contract for Manny Machado. Oh, you might have to. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to... Our, we haven't talked to Reed Forgrave in a long time. He's a friend of the show. He used to be our college basketball go-to guy. 
covering the NBA Finals for CBS Sports, and he was inside the arena last night with all the chaos, officiating gaffes, and uh, and J.R. Smith with the brain fart of the century. So we'll do that. And it's Game Show Friday, so we're going give to away, give away prizes at some point in the noon hour. Just have the phone number ready, 651-646-8255. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Yes! On 1500 ESPN.